The Pinball Network is online. Launching the Aussie Pinball Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Aussie Pinball Podcast. This week I've managed to score a reunion of the original Pinheads with a Z podcast team. They were the original Aussie podcasters based out of Canberra. And their podcast ran from December 2013 right up to December 2017, where they decided to have a break. I managed to drag them back into the studio on a lovely Saturday afternoon to catch up and find out what they've been doing over the past five years. Are they still keen on pinball? Are they interested in getting back into podcasting? And generally find out a little bit about what's been going on in their lives. That background music that you can hear is a hit from about 40 years ago from a band called The Cockroaches, who are mentioned in the podcast in the music section. And today's trivia is the members of The Cockroaches went on to form a much more successful band which took on the world and conquered it. If anyone can reminisce on who they ended up becoming, I'll play their song at the end of the podcast, but you have all heard of them. Anyway, let's check into the studios in Canberra and see what Rod, Gaz and Pindex Stevie have been up to over the last five years. This is the Pinheads Podcast. We'll just be, we'll just talk about the fact, you know, you're, you're a government, uh, you know, IT guy, you're a camera's pin technician and, uh, you know. That's what I do for a living. Yeah, and I'm meant to know what I'm doing with talking okay. on the radio, but uh, ironically, this podcast <laughs> may prove otherwise. You know, uh, okay. so. It's the first episode of 2014, and it's the first time in a long time that two new pinball titles have been announced in the one month. But will Stern's 50th anniversary Ford Mustang appeal to pinball fans or will Stern have to rely upon Mustang fans? A little blast from the past there from their previous podcast episodes, but now we have them live. So joining me in the studio is the original Triple Drain crew. Sorry, uh, Travis and Tom and Joel, but these are the original threesome the Fantastic Three from Canberra. Uh, that's uh, welcome to Rod, Stevie and Gaz from the original Pinheads Aussie Pinball Podcast. How are you doing, men? Good afternoon, Dr. John. Dr. John. G'day, Dr. g'day. John. Good afternoon. Hello, everyone who's waiting for us to put another podcast out. It's only been five years, but hey, <laughs> you never know. It's it's quality, not quantity. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. The next one's going to need to be pretty good then. Yeah. <laughs> My rubbish editing this time, so it, it won't be as polished as the the original podcast, which you were well known for at the time. That uh, uh, How much work did you put into that editing and clipping there, Rod? 
Yeah, it, it's funny. I was thinking about that before we uh, came on to chat with you and the, um, the, the 16, 17, 18, 19, 20-minute intros got uh, more and more elaborate as, as time went on. Mm. So the time that it, would spend, that it would take us to actually do the podcast, the intro ended up taking about the same amount of time with the writing and the production. But it was a passion project. We loved it. It was just us reminiscing about playing pinball as, as, as young guys and then getting really excited about the one new game that might come out that year. And here we are five years later. And I couldn't even tell you all the new games that are coming out or have come out. You know, it's a very different landscape, isn't it? It is. We're flat. I've been back there. What, 2013 was your first episode, I think? You've got a better Sounds memory. Right. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I looked it wow. up and cheated. So 2013. So do you know what games came out that year? Stevie, yeah. you must have worked on them all, mate. Uh, five, four, three, two, one was a year or two after Thunderbirds. Uh, Thunderbirds, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah years in the making. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's the one that sticks in your mind, yeah. Michael. If you're happy right. that that's the one game that you can remember is Thunderbirds. Well done. We voted it in. <laughs> well, maybe we should have voted it out. <laughs> what, yes. what, what, I mean, because Stern was making games at the time. Correct. I'll give you a clue. A brand new manufacturer came out and revolutionised the pinball machine. Uh, Jersey Jack, Jersey Jack. Or correct, Jersey. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you're right. That's when Woz oh, started. Oh, that's right. Because we had there was the weird situation where the first Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz in Australia somehow found its way to Canberra. That's right. The and prototype. You, and you were trying to keep it up, Stevie, because yeah. it's the prototype, and obviously it wasn't designed to you know be bulletproof just yet. And it was their first game, definitely. So the first one in Australia was here, and you used to work on that yeah, in Canberra. That's correct. right. Correct. Oh, good memory. There, there you go. Chips, socketed chips. So if something blew up, you could just pull out a chip and change it. I thought, the what a great system! <laughs> and then that, that all went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other two games that came out that year, a little one called Metallica. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Because we'd had to that point all the Stern games, uh, and anyone you know, before Metallica will remember, there was this awful period where there was a lot of clip art being used in the in the art packages on playfields. And then Dirty Donny Gillies did this full hand-drawn old-school art package, and that was enough for me to part with a lot of money. Uh, and that was my yeah. first ever new inbox, I think. What a game. And yeah. I still have that game, of course. One yes. of the greatest games of all time. Yep. And uh, Star Trek. Ah, Stern Star Trek. Steve Ritchie. Yeah, yeah. still a good game. Yeah. Played that game. Yeah. Where, where were we? There was a pub in Newcastle. You know what? We played pinball all over Newcastle over oh, many years. Yes. Anyway, yeah, there was, there was, there was, we walked into this pub. There was this Hounds great, or something. The guy who used to play, he played in a premiership for the Roosters. I've, uh, I've yeah. bought a few games off Luke. him. Luke, yeah. Luke yep. had a bunch of games sighted in some pub in Newcastle. He had one of those. It was the Hounds and something. Was it the yeah. something and Hound? Yeah. Anyway, what a, yeah, it was a great pub and it made great by that that game amongst others. That's right. Well, Luke's now up here, runs a uh, location on the Gold Coast. I think as he was leaving Sydney, mm, I bought yeah. his um, Iron Maiden, his Iron Maiden, the yellow one. So I guess it's an LE, is it? I don't know. It's uh, or a premium. premium. I, who, who can keep premium. it? Premium. Um, and yes, just before he left, he was kind enough to sell that to me. And nice. how's he going up there? Oh. It's good. He's got a uh, – he, he puts his uh, – normally has five LEs sitting on the site, but, of course, it's mainly all kitty gambling because that's where the money is. Is that um, um, the place in Broadbeach? Yes, in Broadbeach at the Oasis Shopping Centre. Yeah, 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 I've been there, yeah. Yeah. I was up there last time. I was actually searching for a Wonka on site. But, and um, 
You have a Wonka now. Yes. Oh, well, I had to, didn't I? Because I was the one pushing for it all the time. <laughs> That's Anyone right. who listened to the podcast all those years ago, there was because you were the one who said, oh, this would be the dream game, and then finally it was made, but we mm. stopped podcasting before you ever purchased one. So there's an update for old uh, Pinheads podcast listeners. Yeah. So as we tangent around, did you think the new code for Wonka was a lot better than I had Wonka originally and I ended up selling it because I would play the heck out of the machine and mm. never get anywhere? You know, I think one game I got to three golden tickets and there was no way I could get any further. And, of course, then they did a total rules revision and made it much more playable as far as code goes. Did you find that with yours? Yeah, well, I still haven't got the five either. I've got four. So that's Mm. as far as I've gone as well. But it it can take you a long time to get there. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's It's a bit easier to get with the newer code. I don't know if they will do another one. Because um, I don't know anyone's actually got to the end yet. Is yours the uh, LE, guys? Yeah. What do you get on that that you don't get on the other ones? Oh, you just get the chrome, the you know, nice blue legs and the blue things. And the, yeah, the elevator up the back that isn't on the standard one. Yeah. Right. Isn't there the cool miniaturization screen or something on that? Yeah, there's a little screen there where you see Mike TV right. wandering along and, and that shows you all the other stuff as well. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game. Now, so we keep bouncing around here. Let's go back. So there's been a game. I remember last time Rod was espousing that he had got his Rob Zombie delivered and it was in the box. Ah. Oh, Did you yeah. ever open it? <laughs> no. So it it sat in the garage and I, I don't know if I ever told the story where there was a bloke who came around to do some cleaning on the house because we were leaving that house while, because we were building um, a, new, a new home. Anyway, he'd finished cleaning the house and then he uh, – Instead of hitting reverse, he just drove into the into the garage door. I didn't hear that. Right, oh and just God. on the other side yeah. was the Rob Zombie, and I was like, "No, he's you know." So because it was a big ding in the door, anyway. So I cut the the box because it was still in the box. I cut the the corner of it out, checked the game, it was fine, and there was a teacher here who was a Rob Zombie, you know, pinball fan. So I sold it to him. Why did I sell it to him? I must have wanted to buy something else. <laughs> so I never opened it. I sold it new in box, which is sounds absurd. So, no, I never opened it. You have one, though. Is it worth I, Should I have opened it? Uh, yeah, I lo- well, I liked it. I mean, I like all pinballs. I'm a bit weird. It met with a lot of derision as far as was it good or not. I've owned every spooky game apart from the current two titles, and it can be a little repetitive that it's very left orbit heavy, but the callouts were the first game that had real adult themed callouts. Great music, mm. and I enjoyed playing it. Subsequently, sold it. I mean, I'll always keep my America's Most Haunted just because it was only 150 made, and I actually yeah. like it as a game. So right. I've got that and Alice Cooper bolted to the floor because if you <laughs> haven't played Alice Cooper, I still rate it as the game with the best mode rules ever written. And wow. that's uh, due in part to Bo and Karen's. Have you played Alice Cooper? No. No, no, no. Have you, no. Have, has anyone here played one of those? No, it'll be no. on my want to play list. So. Right. Mm. Is there one in Canberra? I don't no. know. Never... No. No, they're not that common. But unlike the normal game where you start a mode and it says shoot that flashing ramp and now shoot that flashing orbit, the mm. modes are things like pit creature lives in a hole in the ground. So you have to hit a shot to start pit creature. And then you have to then hide the ball under somewhere. And there's a countdown time that starts at 13 seconds. So every time you go into a scoop or a subway, the countdown mm. timer starts to count down. Oh, I love a time mode. I love field. a time mode. Yeah, yeah. But, but the ball's got to be invisible to the pit creature. And no other game does that until you get down to the zero second mark and then you get the uh, the bonus jackpot shots for oh, the pit creature and multi-ball. 
And Ballinrod, that uh, code. Wrote all the code for the wow. different modes, and they're just extraordinary. And that's just one mm. example. So all the modes, Alice Cooper, you've got to go up to the top play field three separate times and load the guillotine, put the ball in the guillotine, and then on the third time, the guillotine drops and chops his head off and the ball drops through <laughs> the play field. Just absolutely brilliant. So if you get a chance or when you come up to visit, mm. come and play Alice Cooper. Any old listeners of ours will know that yes, we love an upper play field and and a timed mode. So that's that that game sounds uh, sounds awesome. And I don't know why it's making me think a little bit of uh, the monsters. What's the name of the dragon? His head pops out from the bottom of the ramp there in the middle. I've forgotten his that character's name. He's a dragon. Anyway, he's 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 like their pet dro- dog, but he's a drag. It may it it feels reminiscent of that, but the rules sound very different. That's that's what I remember for the last episode. I always remember also Gaz's dramas with building his backyard shed as <laughs> a feature that seemed to drag on like a like a Batman stay tuned next week. Yeah, but I did have the pleasure of attending the shed one uh how many years ago was that oh. now? Five? Four, that's the last, five, that's yeah. the last time I saw you, Dr. John, in yeah. person was yeah. in the shed. Well, yeah. you came down for the pinball competition at the basement down in Belconnen there? Yep. No, it was the time before that because you had a conference or something and you dropped over and the shed had only been oh, recently finished, I think. Yeah, and, it's pretty. Yeah, Rod came over and joined us. and Pretty bad space. So what games are in the shed at the moment? You had a great eclectic mix of EMs and solid states, but now you've added yeah. uh, Wonka? Added Wonka, yeah. Lost Iron Man. That's no big loss, but Half. was there something about that Iron Man? Was it was it autographed by someone? No, no, that's oh, that's just Spider Man. Yeah, by that, Steve Rich. Yeah, that's not going anywhere. Extra EM I've got now. Hardwiz. Hardwiz. Yeah, and you're shipping one out, which we've just yeah, fishtails getting rid of. Last oh, week. why? Why? It's a nice fishtail. Oh, I need some room there in case something comes along that. I can... <laughs> Because it's you know one in one out rule. When you're at capacity, yeah, yeah, fishtails is a. It's always going to be a keeper for me, in spite of the fact that that motherboard, for whatever reason, I might fishtails, and I replaced it with a new rotten dog motherboard at some point. But I don't know what it is. It's got a ghost in it. But that's I, your mistake. What's that? Rotten dog boards. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I problem, gave problem childs. I gave the original board to. Mm. Um, Andy, the copper. Oh, Andy, yes. And he reckons he fixed it and it's bulletproof now. That's right. I don't think I'm going to get it back because I gave it away, but Fishtails is a keeper for me. That's No, we'll just re-stick it at me and Stevie, so yeah. that was the only thing really wrong with mint. But, um, They're all faded. My, mine's re-decaled. I reckon yeah. if you look closely, I think the decals on my Fishtails just went over the top of the last one. If you look yeah. through the fish's eyes on the side, you can see if, oh, you can if, you've, got the, oh, yeah, yeah. if you've got the old uh, decals underneath the new ones. Yeah, you've got you to wipe it out. Uh, so what, what games you got at the moment, Rod? What do you got at home? I was saying to the boys, we had, because we, we built a, a new home four or five years ago, and then last year we had torrential rain for a, a few weeks in Canberra during lockdown. So luckily the kids were home and my daughter came in out of the arcade where she was just watching TV and just said, oh, I can hear some dripping. I'm like, nah, it'll just be on the TV. And I've gone in there and the ceiling, you know, you, like it's a cartoon. Like it was, like it was, you know, like I'm making a visual like movement. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like a balloon. The ceiling is like a balloon and it was about to explode <laughs> over the top of my, speaking about re-decaling, of my fully <laughs> restored safe cracker, which, which we... And we all know not many of those left around. So I got a bucket and a... And a Lanced it with a Stanley knife. Right, with a Stanley yeah. knife. And the water came out. And she saved the day, though. Otherwise, this beautiful old game, there's too many of those 
have obviously gone to the tip in Europe predominantly. Yeah, it would have been another one gone. So what is now? Look, I, it's silly to say I don't know. I mean, all the ones that were still there. Uh, my uh, Indiana Jones, I love, I love that. Fishtails are still there. My my second Adams family. I naively got rid of the first one, and I missed it so much. So the, uh, this last one I've had, I've had for. But I think the more recent ones, I got that it's not new anymore. But to me, it's a new Batman. Batman sixty six. Sixty six, right. Yeah, and so of the newer Sterns, I guess there's the um, Iron Maiden that we mentioned before. Got rid of um, the WWE, which was disappointing, but they just wouldn't update the damn code, so the thing was never finished. And I saw that video of you and I unboxing that the other day, Gaz. Oh, really? All those years ago, yeah. Wow. It was exciting. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, we, um, that's right. It was some boxing match on the, we had to take a five-minute time. <laughs> it was. Yeah, but it was a short boxing <laughs> match. Um, and yeah. uh, I, you know what? The game that I need to restore that's been sitting there for years that I got for, I don't know, like 500 bucks or something is one of those uh, old Marilyn Monroe taxis. And I got the – they did the, the reproduction Marilyn Monroe play field. So it's all there. Got the new ramps, got everything. But, hey, time. You know, so it's – it's But, but project. Like, like the old saga, where is your Guns and Roses? I think it's ready. It's sitting down with wow. with Nino in Melbourne. That's six five years later. Yeah, well, you know, there was a there was, there was a pandemic, and you know, yes. there's obviously other things going on. So now I, I have to get to Melbourne. I cannot. Is this watch. the Data East version? Yes, right. the original. Look, I can't say the best because I haven't played the new one, which I'd like to. But um, it's awesome, awesome. Is it amazing? Yeah, oh, amazing. It's not for everybody. I've said this on I've the, got in the previous you shot. I'm looking at you here. One as well. Yeah, <laughs> the um, it awesome? it's complicated. So it's like Pirates of the Caribbean. If you mm. want to have a quick game, do not start that game. Uh, oh. Not that it plays long, <laughs> but mm. you've got to do a lot to get into it. Depends which song you pick. You can bomb out early, remember, if you don't score enough. Oh, really? Well, not yeah. really. As long as you hit the keep the encore meter going, the mm. song will last forever because every time you hit the required number of shots, you add a ball. Mm. So you start normally, you can just start with one. Uh, if you haven't locked anything, and then hit two shots back in the scoop, you'll mm. get a choice of cashing out your jackpot, which would be very mm. little, or keeping mm. going. And if you keep going, it adds a ball. Then you hit your next four or five shots back in the scoop. Yes, keep going, add another ball. So you can have three balls going. So you can keep that song going until you get to the gold record, and then the song will stop if you don't cash it in on a single ball, and you mm. go to the encore. And then you've got album mode and all this sort of stuff. So it goes on and on. Question for you, Dr. John, when there are games like this and you have the nostalgic connection with the original, in this case, the Data East, Star Wars is another good example of the original Data East, Star Wars versus what seemed like a bunch of cool new versions. I don't know, maybe there's just a bunch of different artwork on, on the same game. But which, which is better for you with, with Guns N' Roses? The new one. I mean, the old Guns N' Roses, <laughs> well, you see, I've been ruined a bit by competitive pinball as well which I'm cutting back on because if you play Guns N' Roses in competition, you really only just keep building up band members, I think, um, right. hitting the one shot over and over. The new one's much more in-depth and a lot more to do. So I would go new. But having said that, the most popular game in my home at the moment is Stars by Stern Electronics. How old is that? <laughs> That's as boring as. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. There's, like, there's five of them in Canberra and everyone just keeps passing them off to the next person. I remember I knocked back the offer of a Stars. Oh, I don't even know. 
20, 25 years ago. Uh, and instead, I got uh, mousing around. Better game. It was a fun game. There was a lot <laughs> of crazy ramp in the middle. Yeah. When those drop targets go down and you've got to hit the three, it's almost a 360 <laughs> ramp, you know, up straight buck, up the middle. Up. Mm. Um, but I, should I regret have not picking, picking, not having picked up the stars? Well, you need the variety. You see, if you've got one or two games, yes, I wouldn't get a stars because you're just doing the same thing over and over. Mm. But when if you've, you've got, a, a, yeah. if you've got a Guns N' Roses in your house and mm. then you've got a stars, you mm. can decide, do I want a quick game or do mm. I want to spend an hour playing this game? Yes. Answer to your question. Yes. I have just played yesterday the new Rush. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Stern's Rush. Now, that's hot news. How'd it go? Awesome. The, the new Rush from Stern. Pro or Premium LE? Um, pro. Yes, okay. I think it was a pro or premium. You could tell because if it's premium it's LE, the lift there's a lift ramp in the middle going into the uh, donut, the time yes, machine. That's, yes, it was. It so was. it had the lift ramp, so that was yes. a premium LE. Yes, premium. yes. much mm. better playing game, I think, because I got to play all the versions over at Texas Pinball Festival, uh-huh. and the LE just shoots so much nicer with that lift ramp and not having the dead edge shot from the top flipper. Yeah, well, I didn't get it to lift up the ramp. That's why I couldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right. And we put uh, – well, it's actually going down to the basement in Belconnen. Mm. And in, he actually put mirror blades in it instead of the LEDs in the side side rails. The expression lighting, yep. Yeah, exactly. And it looks so much better with mirror blades. Okay. The package itself, I reckon, was awesome for a first revision of uh, software. Mm. Um, you know, I've come across some other early ones, which you, both you and Rod probably come across, where you've got uh, like Batman 66. It was just the call-outs weren't there and mm. it wasn't a, a nice, tidy join together game. But this actual machine seems to be a good start. Good soundtracks, everything seemed to mesh nicely. Well, you're more in touch with the new games than uh, any of us, Dr. Johnny. You're finding that the complaints of four, five, six, seven years ago of games going out half-baked from Stern, yep. perhaps with all the competition in the in the market these days, are the, are the games arriving in the box a bit more complete? I think the volume of games in the last five years from Stern have allowed them to increase their employees. So now instead of having mm. a core of one or two coders, trying to keep up, there are dedicated coders pretty much for each designer. So the wow. games are coming out at 0. 0.89, 0. 0.91 on release, which was never, they were always about mm. 0. 0.65, 0. 0.7 when they first came out. Yes. But now you've got Tim Sexton and Raymond Davidson, the world number one player, on code. And then mm. you've got Keith's games with Tanya Kleiss, pretty much Keith telling them what he wants as far as rules goes and Tanya implementing them straight away. Tim Sexton, who was working with Steve Ritchie, who's now, I think, working with John Borg, I'm not sure, but another top tournament player. Um, yeah, so they've got the staff now. Uh, Dwight, of course, don't leave out Dwight, <laughs> mm. uh, doing his complicated mathematical codes, which some people love and drive me mad, but that's because I'm bad at maths. So, yeah, they're, they're really on top of things as far as getting games out that are a lot more complete than the old where's the code call that was coming out five years ago. Yeah. yeah. That's thumbs, great to thumbs see. Up. Yeah. And so you had the evidence of that when you yeah, opened the def- rush. Definitely thumbs up. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. just landed him just opened that up. But yeah. not a lot of people know Rush, but I listened to it back in the 80s only because a friend of mine said, oh, come up to my place. I've got this new music to listen to because he just come back from the States. Got up on the He r- was into Pink Floyd, The Wall, and he says, oh, there's this Rush. Oh, it's so good. And Got I'm around listening. the record player. Yeah, and he's played me mm-hmm. the two good songs. Uh, <laughs> and I went, Which were? Yeah, what were the two oh, good ones? Tom Sawyer and whatever the other one was. And I'm going, oh, man, that does sound awesome. And then I listened to the whole album and I went, 
what's all the rest of it? <laughs> what pin, uh, and again, I'm not stealing Dr. John's. I'm just repeating Dr. Dr. John's question. What pins do you have? Because I know you're sending me photos of gun games at the moment, which you're doing mm. beautiful restorations oh, yes. on, but what's your collection look like? Okay, so I got myself an ACD Lucy, which is in mint condition, so that's really nice. Oh, I didn't. When did you get look. that? Uh, about a year, even a half ago, I think, was it? Fantastic. Right. Yeah, cool. it's a, it's it's a bloody the, lemon, though. Yeah, it's been what do you mean? a few things. Oh, just a few MOSFETs are blowing up. All right. But hang uh, on. So the Lucy's a premium, though, isn't it? Um, that's the LE. LE oh, right, LE right. right. Because yeah. for me, that ACDC, the base model, whatever you want to call it, the Pro, yeah. Yeah. is the and you, t Dr. John, is the ACDC Pro the best of the pros ever made? He's shaking his head. What it's is? Not, definitely not. You've got Angus's ugly face looking at you the whole game. That's right. <laughs> yes. Extremely disappointing. Uh, yes. And I, I don't like it as much because you've got, do anything. You've got yes, stand up targets on the wow. sides rather than drop targets. Mm, so okay. you, you hit a target and the ball is just instantly out of control, whereas on the premium LE, you've yeah. got the drop targets, which will take the momentum. Slow the ball down. Um, okay. Yeah. So. I don't think so. I think the best pro version that's come out of all the games versus mm. Premier LE was Game of Thrones. Um, so you didn't have that top play field. I had the LE Game of Thrones. Mm. And I liked going up the top play field a little bit, but it wasn't that inspiring. Whereas on the uh, pro, you just had ramp, richy action. Uh, the ball was continually yeah. moving. So it was actually a lot better. Super smart point. I and think the that. Star Trek's the same. If you've ever played, oh sorry, Star Wars. If you've ever played the Star Wars Premium versus the Pro, mm. that fork to get up into the Death Star shot is a nightmare. The ball's either stuck behind it, or mm. the flippers can't get up into the Death Star. Whereas the uh, the Pro, it's just the the orbit. You don't have to worry about it. Good tip. Right. Mm. Continue with the collection. Okay. What else you got? Uh, Six million dollar man. Um, which I just did a whole classic. Field. Just got to do a repaint in summertime. How's the glass cold. on it? Ah, uh, beautiful. Mm. Mint. Uh, got an eight ball deluxe, brand new back glass, really nice play field. Body was quite shabby, but all touched up now, mm. looking good, playing mm. beautifully. And it's quite a complicated machine, actually. Mm. It's not just your normal belly, you know, six million dollar man or kiss or playboy. No, mm. it's got quite a, quite a bit happening on it. Mm. Uh, other pinballs, um, Duratron, which I'm moving on, Jungle Queen, which I've moved on, and then I'm collecting gun games. <laughs> and I think I've bought. Five in the last five months. Where are you finding them? Uh, well, actually, just picked up two from Luna Park off a, a guy called Greg Turnover, which is running all the EMs up there, which is very exciting. He's done an amazing thing considering Greg didn't know much about pinball or video games or you know, early crane stuff when he bought all this stuff and mm. um, managed to secure uh, with, with Luna Park to put them all in there. So for a lot of people who have never seen early pinballs, what a lineup. Mm. Really nice uh, quality machines. So you're saying there's a bunch of EMs at Sydney Lunar Park? That's right, Sydney Lunar Park. Wow, right. And there's some really rare stuff, um, like Close Encounters, four-player EM. Like mm. You don't see them. They're all got Lib System 1 solid state stuff. So he's, he's prided himself on a lot of really rare EM stuff, really rare stuff, mm. which was normally solid state. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah, I picked up a couple of guns, well, four gun games from Greg. And hope you might get him on the show sometime, John. Just to he's just he's on my list yeah. of uh, interviewers to come up because it's a it's a fascinating world ha operating EMs. He would have to be the only one I know of <laughs> exactly. in the world that operates EMs. Yep, yep, that, that's right. And he he does plan on uh, updating some of the stuff. Hopefully, he's sort of in the midst of uh, two minds of 
uh, upgrading to some later model sort of when I say later model, I'm talking Williams. Mm. <laughs> well, it's all interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. forty year old apart from eighty year old. Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, Adam's family, blah 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 blah. That sort of something that you know people line up for mm. uh, versus just doing pinball. So yeah, that's what mm. I've been up to. Apart from that, there's uh, two good sites in Canberra to play pinball. Uh, one, as you know, is the basement, which has got uh, ten pinball machines. Where Rod should go and actually play. Some new pinball. Yes. Well, now that I live out of town, interstate. Yeah. No, it's right. Uh, yeah. This this Are you actually. We're Indian boy now. Where are you? I've gone north. Further. I'm in Murray Bateman. Okay. Yeah, and but it's also yeah. just the girls being six and eight now. It's just well, you know what it's like, Doctor John. When, once once my daughter is competing, playing competitive pinball and being the national number one, I'll be back <laughs> there. Uh, how is your daughter? She she's uh, still com- she's playing competitive pinball. Yeah, she she picks and chooses a lot now. She just started uni this year. Right. Wow. And she won't play pinball with me anymore. Of course, uh, <laughs> she will ring me up and say, let's go and do a flip frenzy at Netherworld this Saturday. And I'll say, well, you know, you haven't played for four months. <laughs> she goes, okay. And we were there on Saturday, uh, 30 players, top ranked in Australia. She came fourth. So wow. she's, still wow. got, well she's still got it. And we've got the oh, Brisbane yeah. Masters coming up in a couple of months. And I'm sure she'll do well. She won't do that well because we have a number of international competitors coming over to take all our money away again. You'll hear the uh, Jimmy Nails episode of this podcast coming up next, where I think he explains in 2019 they gave away $18,000 in prize money and it all went to either Escher or Colin Urban from America. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, if th- this is the the beauty of having prize pools that make it a, I mean, it is one. It's we t- we've spoken about this a million times. It's one of the greatest unifiers on planet Earth. I think the guy who was doing the painting after you know the place imploded and it was the last thing that needed to be done on the insurance claim. He was <laughs> where are the Smurfs and Tintin from? Belgium. Belgium. Thank you. Belgium. There you go. And he, yeah. he saw all the pinball machines uh, obviously folded up outside the room that he needed to paint. He just started telling stories about his childhood and, you know, they were poor. But if he could find, like, you know, a, a coin, that went straight into a pinball machine or a bagatelle. Um, so it is, you're, you're right, Dr. John, it doesn't matter where people uh, are from around the world, if we can get them to Australia or we're heading wherever now that the borders are back open. It is, it's, the, it's the international language, pinball. It's just the greatest. Well, we've got to get you down to uh, either the basement or there's a new place down in Woden, so if you're down the south side, yeah. called the Albi. The Albi. And there's five really nice pinballs down there. So The fact that I can't even now. get into, into town, I can't even get into Canberra, alone Dr. John going to Texas. How have you gone with uh, the borders being closed? You would have been climbing the walls. Well, you see, Queensland, we, I think we had four to five weeks lockdown and that's it. Yeah. We had competitions every yeah. week. Yeah. We had the Brisbane Masters on last year. I think one person managed to sneak out of South Australia and one out of Victoria somehow. Uh, <laughs> And all the rest were Queenslanders, so we never felt it. I normally do at least one trip to America a year, so we did go a bit stir-crazy, Yeah, not being able to go across. So as soon as everything opened up in March, I zipped over to Texas, to the Texas Pinball Festival again, which I tend to do every year. It was such a relief and caught up with everybody, Fantastic. which is, is wonderful. And then we'll plan on doing Indisc in January with Carl in California. So we'll head back over then. But uh, you've got to, Have you been over? The bloke who snuck uh, out from SA has still been in lockdown for the last six months since he got back. That's a clue. Yeah. They're very strict over there. Sorry, you asked the question. <laughs> but do do any of you ever get overseas to the shows? Well, no. yeah, not with COVID. I mean, with no, in the Queensland past. just locked us out from getting up there. So. That's right. We couldn't even get in the state. I, the last time I was, I went overseas, we were in Chicago. 
Uh, and we were in Chicago when uh, my wife got pregnant with uh, our eldest. And understandably, we have not been anywhere since. But um, now that they're old enough, we can't wait. We can't wait to get back to the States. Um, we're really, really mm. excited about that. So if we can do that in the next year or two, now that the girls are at an age that, you know, they'll be able to remember it. Well, what's your advice? You think that now? So, but if we do it next year, um, we'll have a nine and a seven-year-old. Would they love it? Great age. You've yeah. got to either do uh, California Disney um, but if you mm. could take the extra effort to get to the other side, I would mm. recommend Florida, Disney World yeah. and Universal Studio. So yeah. much better, so much more modern and a lot to do. We've been there a few times and it's it's excellent. But that's the perfect age mm. for the Disney trip. Yeah, right. Were you, you were six years ago you went, Gaz? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was about six. Well, we've been a couple of times. But, yeah, we went. We were supposed to actually go to Hawaii last year, but. COVID put the stop on nah. that. And in the States, definitely the Florida side has the best Disney. We went to all of them. So, plus the Universal Studios as well. And then you've got the few of the theme parks here with the roller coasters. Oh, so, you're a big coaster yeah. guy. You love yeah. the, yeah, the roller coasters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to live vicariously through your Facebook posts in the meantime, Dr. John. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, the old Berry Farm? Uh, Knottsbury Farm. Yeah, Knott's- You'd love that, guys. Yeah. That's yeah. great for roller coasters. Yeah. They've got a lot of old wooden ones as well, which is oh, uh, scary. Very scary. <laughs> the uh, now I, I I mentioned before we started recording, uh, there has been the five year gap since your last podcast, and the extraordinary number of new people coming into the hobby that are embracing it as much as we ever did in the old days, who don't know who you are. And I was remiss at the start by not introducing you formally. So just let the listeners know who didn't keep up with the old podcast where you fit into the pinball world. So, Stevie, can I get you to start? Uh, I'm a technician. Um, been fixing machines, started off electromechanicals and uh, progressed into solid state and then all the late model whiz-bang stuff, fixing a lot of uh, just any coin-op and jukebox stuff just because of the uh, background in uh, in being a fitter and turner, mechanical, and then branching into basic electronics and then going self-taught from there before the internet sort of really kicked off. And that's where I've sort of been and uh, got in contact. I uh, was working at the place at Mitchell and Gary and I met and <laughs> then uh, Rod uh, doing a bit of work, I think, for Rod. Well, like anyone in <clears throat> in our region, and I guess this is the same around Australia and the world, there's only one or two Stevie's pinball technicians in your in your spot. So, you know, when it came to uh, us moving to Canberra, crikey, over a decade ago, like all of us here, you know, okay, who's the local tech? Stevie's your guy. And I'm, uh, I run radio stations here in Canberra and, you know, there was enough room in the schedule at the time for the, for the passion project that was doing a, a podcast because there were a couple of podcasts back then. I yeah. think Clay Harrell did the, the most amazing one. He interviewed all the designers and I loved that tremendously. And there was the Pitbull podcast and there was, uh, Nate Shivers doing uh, Coast to Coast. Nate, yeah. you're and right. when lit, but there was no uh, lock when lit. Lock when lit. No, 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 there wasn't. Was there? I don't think there was. No, I don't think there was an Australian one. No. So it was. Uh, you know, I just said to Stevie, "Hey, uh, we should have a, a chat about pinball," and he said, "Well, let's get my mate Gaz along." And yeah, we 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 were at least one a month for a few years. And as I say, as I said before, it was just a very different time. Uh, yeah. As far as for us, pin, for me, pinball is uh, an escape. You know, so for us, we sat around and we really reminisced. And I think I, uh, before I came on, I just, um, 
was listening to one of your podcasts, Dr. John, and I just thought, oh, I'll just hit the, on Spotify, I'll go the, you know, you just flick up. I didn't continue because it could have kept, I don't know how deep it goes. There are so many pinball podcasts and I um, feel embarrassed that I haven't listened to them all. So apologies to those that are creating great pinball uh, content. I'm sure they're all different and great and local in their own ways. But for us, yeah, we were really privileged to have a lot of Aussies and a lot of Americans um, mm. listened back in the day. So it's if you if you remember the stuff we were doing, I'm humbled by that. And if you're hearing us for the first time, I, I always renew the domain. So they're all sitting there. It's an interesting snapshot in time of what was happening. Yeah. Like remember when I paid for that predator? Remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was going to be a good thing. It, we, we were excited. You, if you listen to the old episodes, you listen to us getting excited, and then you listen to us not talking about it for a bit, and then you listen to me reading the email saying he's stolen all your money. Through, the, through um, tears and everything. Yeah, you know, and I think you know now, Dr. John, as far as all the, the small boutique man manufacturers, and I guess some of them aren't even boutique now, some of them are big fish. It's another world and how extraordinary as we entered the new millennium with with Sega disappearing and, and, and Stern hanging on by the skin of their teeth. You know, had they decided, had Gary gone, you know what, we'll just call it a day. Does this thing we're talking about now other than the old games that are in our collections, does it exist at all? You know, mm -hmm. and I don't know. We'll never know. Thank God we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, well, we had the real passion. We had the real passion back then. You know, I could see. I mean, I've always had a deep passion, not just for pinball, but mm. all coin-op stuff, especially mm. rare stuff. Mm. And if you've got that, that's what drives me. Mm. And I could see when you approached me, mm. oh, how, you know, how about we do a podcast? I went, wow, somebody else is actually showing real passion. And passion is what pays. That's what I get the most satisfaction out of. And Gary was passionate, mm. and we, that's why I dragged Gary into it. I said, Gary, hey, let's let's do this. Well, Pinball and Dr. John, you tell me if you agree. Pinball, pinball actually only exists now because of passion. Because Gary Stern, you know, when you look at the, the, the lie of the land, you know, running a pinball business, if you're not passionate about it, you're not making any money. And then we see there's a lot of these uh, different, you know, guys and girls having a go and businesses are falling over because, you know, passion obviously doesn't pay the bills. But those that can actually have some... Uh, have some business now and are building a great product and then are fueled by passion. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's one of the greatest right. passion projects of the world is in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I think the one thing Gary always emphasised, which is quite true, as you brought up, if Stern had folded and hadn't had the investors come in and buy in, he was always aiming to make pinball relevant to the younger generation. I mean, I think it's fine for people like you, me, Gaz, Stevie to say we love pinball. We've always loved pinball but we're getting older and there was no Thanks. one <laughs> coming through in the younger generation like mm. my daughter Emily mm. wasn't really yeah. that interested in older games, but you mm. bring the new licensed titles in like Stranger Things, mm. which they all watch on TV and Avengers and even Wizard of Oz, even though it's an old theme, mm. it appealed to people to get into the hobby and that's the most important thing that then it lives on in the next generations. Except for the price. Now Except the problem. Except for the price. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? But to be honest, they probably resisted, the, you know, I, I don't know. When I was a kid, the idea that you could have a bunch of pinball machines in your house, that, that was impossible because yeah. only a billionaire would have something like that. And we happened to begin collecting and restoring games at a time where they were either going to the tip or uh, operators had forgotten that they were in the back of a shed and they were just gathering dust and we were lucky enough to get them. And then you know, the demand wasn't particularly high. So Stern was selling them for what seemed like a lot. But I know I had a rule. I was like, I'll never, ever, the most I will ever play for, pay for anything 
was five thousand dollars. And I remember I knocked back a big bang bar for seven because oh. I, I was I was like, no, the rules are five. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous money for a pinball machine. So it's all relative, and maybe it is. Maybe it's probably fair income now, and because it is, it's a shame that it's not as accessible. But I don't know. Can you still find old games for under a grand that you can fix up, or are those days gone, Doctor John? I think they're gone. They're gone. Uh, the even EMs in average condition are going for two now. That's Give me a time the machine. Problem. But the one thing we do need is the operators getting the machines out on site for people to play. Yeah. The the one business model that's really come to the fore I've noticed lately are people renting out their machines for about a hundred dollars a week. Oh yeah. So all of a sudden they're becoming accessible again. And I know in every city, major city on the East Coast, you can ring up and say, right, I want the latest, I want an Iron Maiden or, a, you know, I want a, a Rush machine, $400 for a month. You don't have the large capital outlay. You don't have to go somewhere. You, and you can actually play it at home with your children. And uh, it's becoming quite a successful way to get pinball machines into the homes. If my wife hears about this and then looks at a game that I haven't played for a year sitting in the collection and goes, you know what, that's $5,000 just sitting there, mm. put it in someone else's house. <laughs> anyway, let's pray that she never listens to it. So, so question, Dr. John, have you heard of anyone uh, upping their pro- operators, upper, upping their price to $3 a game? Not yet. No. Everywhere I go, new modern Sterns are $2 a game mm. and older Belly Williams are a dollar a game. I haven't seen the $3 yet. How about Canberra? I've, I've heard that. No, not, Canberra's fine, but I've heard Sydney. Some people are charging $3. That would only be, you know, the card that you're premium, tapping though. Do you know what I mean? Like when you, you're tapping. Maybe. When you know when you put a your $20, 50, $50 card or whatever, yeah. you're yeah. not thinking and you're just getting excited and you're tapping away. I can see how that will be the norm in time. Getting a 2 and a $1 coin out, and I'm sure the Americans can't believe we're talking about this. Sort of, I don't know how much a, a game over there is because whenever I've been there, you know, I'm at a… At a Free play. Uh, right. You, you, you're going to a, an expo or a convention or something like that. Do you, do you know, Dr. John, you go into a location in America, how much, what is it, a buck, play a game? New games, $1, $1.50. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So the fact that we're talking about three and I don't feel surprised and you're hearing about it, Stevie, it is mind-blowing. But you know what? We don't even get 70 cents in a buck off. I don't mm. know if we know if we get 60 cents in a buck at the moment off the eight. 68. Yeah. <laughs> 68 to US. Depends what day it is. Yeah. You've got to look at the but When you consider yeah. having to pay off the game, like Stevie's saying, you've got double or triple yeah, the investment that you used to pay to get the mm. game there. Mm. You're never going to pay that off at a dollar game. No. That's no. right. I mean, you're talking, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand mm. for something that's really nice. And you're talking what? You've got to go 60, 40 <coughs> with a site typically uh, or 70, 30 if you can convince them that uh, they're high upkeep, which they are. Mm. Uh, you know, what board blows up, it's 300 bucks to replace it because it's all surface mount stuff. It's mm. all custom chips. You can't fix it. So you have to pay for the board. Yeah. And how much are you really going to make a month? 300 400 I think the only, the only way, you tell me, Dr. John, the only way you'll succeed operating pinball machines in Australia is uh, having a very good accountant who can manage you claiming back your depreciation. Exactly. Uh, because I don't know if you can ever pay it off by people putting coins in your games. Yeah. The way you pay it off is selling beer at the same time. <laughs> that's right. That's no, how no, you pay it off. As well as it's it's a huge hassle. Well, you nearly did that, Rod. Rod was tossing up that's when he true. was run stage at the radio station. He goes, oh, should I be a barkeep uh, or a radio I, station? I, I, invested, I investigated. I didn't invest. I investigated mm. that thoroughly. How many of us have thought, how good would it be? You start collecting pinball machines the next minute, 
Barcade. Yeah, yeah, we should have Barcade. Barcade. That's a great idea. And those have done it. Boys uh, up in Newcastle, I did, I think, did well with their pizza and pinball, but at a certain point, they they had to, you know, pull, pull up yeah. stumps, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. We've got Netherworld up here in Brisbane, and mm. I've got a, a podcast with Jimmy Nails, who runs it, coming out, so you can hear about the the trials and tribulations of running it. You know, you've, like he said, you've got to make the venue desirable mm. and the pinball machine secondary. Yeah, sorry, you yourself did try and uh, set up a little shop thing at one stage, did you? Yeah, I had a little competition centre that right. would sell food and. Alcohol illegally? No, I just didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Again, get yeah. a fun machine. With every yeah. bag of chips you bought, just the chips were rather expensive. Yeah, and I did that. And, uh, yeah, rent just kept going up and up um, to the point where it wasn't viable anymore. So mm. you've really got to have something else making the money mm-hmm. to support the pinballs being there. Right. And, yes, you can claim them on depreciation, mm. but you've got to have a, a good business model going to do that. Right. Well, there's a there's a Back to the Future amusement centre in Goulburn. Now, he had five pinball machines in there. Mm. He's now got rid of those. Mm. I think he's got two mm-hmm. back in. Mm. And the money's just not there. The money's just no, no. So I think if you're if you're if you're a venue and you can use uh, the appeal of pinball and perhaps the nostalgia to, to us young middle aged gentlemen, and, and and then as you were saying, Doctor John, some of those different titles for uh, younger players. If that's a draw, you're right, and you're getting them in the door. You know, come for the pinball, stay for the beer, or whatever. It's part of a broader model, but you're right. If you're just dragging machines around all over the countryside, those days are probably And our third member, Gaz, mm. Gary, we yep. haven't heard from, from your background. Uh, you, so we've got the radio host, we have the technician, and then we have the collector. Is that how we'd sum the three of you up? Well, yeah, small collector. Yeah, more, mm. more a player and just a lover of pinball. So when Rod suggested we do the pinheads with a Z, Podcast. Beautiful. Yes, Dave, you're looking that up. Yeah, yeah. Still there, yeah. Pinheads with a Z. Just thought, why not? We'd just get together and have a chat. It's just like we were sort of sitting around at home or in my garage or something, having a beer and talking about pinball. That always feels like when we do sit around your garage and have a beer and chat, I always go, had we recorded this, we could have got more episodes out. Yeah. But we weren't set up to record while sitting in your garage having a beer. No, and the time did. Take a stop. More so, when it was easy for me and Stevie. We'd just come in and talk. Yeah. But then you had to do all the hard stuff and get the production and everything. And like I also that, changed so. my job and and and, yeah. and began running the stations as opposed to just exactly. announcing on the stations. And that, you know, that was the challenge that I needed personally in life. It's a shame. It's, it's regrettable that we didn't get to keep doing it. But I do like that what we did do for a few years was a snapshot of a different time. It's mm. ridiculous only five years ago to say it was a different time in pinball, but it really was. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you The passion was there to the point, Rod, where you actually brought a portable recorder along to one of the venues that we had. At, oh, um, that was, I, it was one of my favourite things of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, did, yeah. Dr. John, did you go to that uh, expo in uh, Penrith? Pen- Penrith Expo, yeah. It was maybe six or seven years ago. Yeah, no, I missed that. It was... I mean, it was it was a, a group of different collectors who, by the way, all had you know. When we talk about collections. Maybe they had a hundred games each or something. So you were in this this giant facility with hundreds 
and hundreds of games, and we wandered around and just recorded it. It's a couple of episodes. Uh, it's like a two-part episode. I wish I could tell you which ones I can go back to the, uh, the archives. Yeah. And we just wandered around and reminisced about these games. Stevie had worked on them all from the 70s, all these EMs that went right the way up through uh, those wacky Ataris and the Stern Electronics games, and they were all there. Yeah, that was that was they were great episodes. Those ones, if you ever listen, two-parter. It was so big. There were so many games that we went through. Uh, it was just us looking at games and talking about them. That was fun. It was really well, cool. And we got to catch up with people down in Melbourne. There's operators. There was people, you know, like Luke selling a couple of art blades that Gary mm. bought and and posters and yeah. and you know, just pinball to you know, Mark C to you know, whoever. Yeah. Nino's. All these yeah. people. He said, "Oh, is that who they are?" Yeah. Oh, right. And there was like a little, you know, they had a little table set up with things you could buy as well. So it was an awesome sort of. And it was 20, it was like 48 hours straight. So like, yeah. you know, you'd go, you know, back to the bar to refresh. Beer uh, and pizza. Right. Yeah. And then 2 a.m. back to the pinball. I Hot guess dog. that's what all good expos do, Dr. John. You've travelled around the world more than us. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what they're all about. And uh, <laughs> it's a mammoth effort. To put them on. I mean, it sounds mm. like it was a one-off event because the people who did it went, we're never doing that again. <laughs> that's yeah. that's, that's exactly what they did say. Four buggers. Yeah, exactly yeah, the what organisation and getting all the machines there and setting it up was, it was, was huge. But if, they're, if yeah. they're listening to this, let me tell you, they are lifelong memories that us and anyone who was at that, at that event will have forever. And I know they haven't done it again and they've done different scaled-down versions and things like that. I think uh, there was one at that barn that we went to a few years ago. Oh, yes. That was awesome. Uh, that was one of them. There you go. Yeah, yes. That was awesome. So for Lee and his mates who put that one on a Penrith, just, just, yeah, just know you made history. It was incredible. Did, did you get into his bat cave? I haven't been into no. bat cave. No. Oh, so – so Lee's got the barn on the property outside yeah. Penrith. I've been there probably three times, I think, that for tournaments. Wild. But in the main house, he has an elevator in the middle of the house that goes down underground, and he's got <sighs> yeah. this long tunnel. Does he want you to be talking about One entire row of <laughs> new sterns, <laughs> right. and it goes under the pool, and you can look in the main, then a main game room, and you can look through the windows into the pool, people swimming, and there's all machines under there as well. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a very special setup down there with Young Lee, and well, we appreciate it every time he opened up. The games that he had in that shed, and we played a lot of games. Dialed I mean, in. I don't know. Maybe there was Dialed like, in. We played. Dialed yeah. in. We got on that dialed in. It was the first time we played it. It was yep. obviously a new game at the time. And I don't know. I don't know how that's regarded these days, Dr. John, but we, had, we were just into it. We had a freaking ball. and taking photos of us. The photos are turning up on the <laughs> screen. It was really cool. Uh, the Polaroid sort of. Emojis. Uh, yeah. yeah. Emojis yeah. are exploding. Selfie mode. Selfie mode. Yeah. Selfie mode. yeah. yeah. It's yeah. dialed in well, well. I mean, the codes yeah, come such a long way since the first game out as well. Now that all the modes again are good, it's probably the second best game as far as modes go. I think really with the rules on what you do during the modes. Yeah, it's a right. great game. And Wonka takes a photo of you guys when you're playing. Yeah, well, you can turn it off if you want to, but it yeah, does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a snapshot of you. Which, That's um, fun. And so and the new Guns N' Roses, if you get a high score at the end, Rod, you'd be glad to know, it takes a selfie of you standing next to Slash, oh, like you've held the camera there. <laughs> so your number appears on the high score <laughs> next to Slash. That's cool. So That's if you really don't want cool. your photo, you hold the flipper button in yeah. a couple of seconds. Yeah. yeah they never, never flattering shots because you, <laughs> you never know when they're going to take it. So well, you're, Yeah, you're looking down at the ball and yeah. then it looks and you go, oh, mate. You know what? How many people have got a photo of themselves with Slash like that in real life anyway? I think it's probably true. True to life. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are in what we colloquially love to call Canberra in the sheep paddock. 
which for overseas people don't understand. There was a big argument on whether Melbourne or Sydney should be the capital of Australia. So they took a ruler and went, this paddock is halfway between Melbourne and Sydney. Let's put the capital here Mm. in the middle of nowhere. Interesting place to live. One thing I was always intrigued about, Melbourne's got a very active pinball scene. Mm. Canberra's always had a pretty good pinball scene as well. Sydney, very little. I don't know why. From people I've spoken to, they talk about the expense of any venue, Mm. making it nearly impossible to have pinball. But apart from uh, Frankie's, I don't know whether you've ever been to Frankie's, which is uh, downstairs in George Street in Sydney, there's not a lot of activity as far as pinball goes. It's interesting. Mm. Uh, I don't know about um, you, Stevie or Gaz. I had a couple of meets with the um, so we have a local um, pinball club here, the the Vice City Players, and I had a couple of meets at my place. And the number of people that drove from Sydney now, I guess for those who aren't in Australia or even just in this neck of the woods, sure, if you're in the right suburb, two hour drive. But if you're on the other side of Sydney, four hour drive. Mm, um, yeah. But to come and play some games that they didn't necessarily have up there or. Uh, you know, just just wanted to play something different. Happy to sit in the car for four hours and come to Canberra. Have you had any Sydney siders come and play at your place, Steve? Not at my place, but at the basement there's a meet every month mm. and there's still guys that come from uh, like West Wylong areas. There you go. Um, we would like to see some more people from Goulburn. With, they're only an hour away. I don't know whether they're scared of us or what, but uh, there's quite a few players in, in Goulburn. Yeah. Uh, that should be coming down regular. And there's a few, um, Simon up Wollongong area, that sort of area that will make that trip. Mm. You're right. There yeah. are a few guys. But since COVID, there. everything's sort of set, yeah. just starting to get back. Oh, that's true. That's and true. Sid- does Goulburn still have the largest mm. testicles on the outskirts? Goulburn does, and they are connected to the largest merino uh, sheep well, for those who aren't Aussies who are listening to this. And back to the arcade, which is that amusement centre I was talking about. That's in Goulburn. In Back Goulburn. to the arcade. Right, right. I got a couple of staff that actually yeah. work that work here and travel from Goulburn to and from Goulburn every day. Every so day. it's not that no, far. No, no, it's only an hour. Right. From here, it's about 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. On the topic of travelling around Australia, I want uh, holiday tips for overseas visitors on where you individually or as a group like to holiday that's not in Canberra. Where's your favourite holiday spot to get away to? Locally, for me... When we get there down at Mollywalk down at the south coast, just for weekends away, beautiful spot down there. So nationally, I guess Gold Coast is our number one go-to spot. We're up there, you know, twice a year when we can. And internationally, we haven't been able to travel for a while, but um, Hawaii is go-to spot for me. Which island in Hawaii? Oahu. Because we went on a holiday to Honolulu, my wife wanted to go. And it was just like going to the Gold Coast, quite honestly. We need to get to a different island because it was just shopping, SeaWorld. It was just like being at home. Why did we come all the way here? Well, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, for for us, Gold Coast is a destination for a holiday. I mean, you'd live there, so you already, I don't know what you do, go further north or something? Yeah, we during the, uh, the lockdown period where we couldn't really get back into Queensland and we left, we just hired a... Uh, camper van and drove up to Cairns yeah. <laughs> and saw all of North Queensland. I used to live in Townsville, but I love up North Queensland and the Daintree Rainforest. It's just an extraordinary mm. place to visit where you actually get the rainforest on the beach. It's just nowhere else in the world I think you can see that. And what about you, Rod? Where do you like to holiday? Speaking of Cairns, um, it's terrible that I've forgotten his name, um, uh, Mr. Homepin. Yeah, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike Kalinowski. I remember I was um, in holidaying in Cairns and I was probably doing some work there at the same time. And I put a post on one of the forums saying, I can't find any pinball. I'm, I'm suffering a withdrawal. And uh, 
Mike just responded and said, come around to my house. And, and that's when I met Mike years before it even started the, the home pin business. So look, I'm, I don't know if I can give you a destination where there's great pinball, but I would just say that if you get on the forums, you might find a local who goes, well, swing by, particularly if you're an international traveler. I think there's, and I, I've, I've heard of, of Aussies going over to America. I mean, your evidence of that, Dr. John, where you just put a thing on the forums and, mm. and locals will invite you into their, their home and you can play their collection wherever, wherever you are in, in the States. They're a good mob. Just, um, the you just have to use international currency of a packet of Tim Tans and a small jar of Vegemite. <laughs> They're right. <laughs> eh? Well, you know what? Well, we can fill half a, uh, half a suitcase with that. Uh, look, for me, I grew up in, uh, in Melbourne, in Victoria. So our holidays were always sent down, spent in the surf coast in Torquay, which again is, is a, a different place these days, but still fantastic. And if you're going at the right time of year, you can go to the, the, the Bells Beach Easter Classic where the, the best surfers on planet Earth come to come to compete. So if you are traveling from away, uh, go down the Bellarine Peninsula, Torquay, Lawn, Janjak, all the way down to Apollo Bay, you see the 12 apostles or however many apostles are left now as they're all falling over. <laughs> Um, Half a dozen. It's, yeah. it's it's refreshing. It's cold because you know it's Victoria and it's Bass Strait. It's the ocean. But yeah, look for me. There's obviously this tremendous nostalgia around that mm -hmm. part of the world. And you may see a bit of a old prime minister washed up on the beach sometime. <laughs> well, look, we're still looking. <laughs> Never know your luck. Submarine <laughs> somewhere. Someone once hit a dingo in a submarine. Got him. I think this is not a joke. The swimming pool at my school was named was the Harold Holt swimming pool. Was like it was named after him. Now looking back on it, it seemed like an of all the things you could name after a prime minister lost at sea, yeah. it wouldn't be your uh, your school swimming pool. That is a true story. You would name a brick after him or something like that, but yeah. he obviously couldn't swim. No, they're, they're right, but it would be less obtuse than naming your actual pool. Anyway, true story. There you go, Stevie. Where's <laughs> your tip? Uh, well, I like the South Coast. That's Bateman's Bay Area. My brother, I was brought up down there pretty much. Mm. My brother lives down there, so I go down there. Apart from that, I go trout fishing. And Lake Eukenbeam, <laughs> okay. uh, Lake Jindabyne, and also Tumut. Tumut is one of the uh, eight wonders of the world. I actually took my wife there um, after we got married. You're taking me where? She said, this is an awesome place to go. Well, there's plenty of Australians going where. I mean, as yeah. Canberrans, we know Tumut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, right, that's your tip, huh? But for your honeymoon? All I'd recommend <laughs> is watch the castle, of course. Wasn't the castle, <laughs> didn't the Kerrigan's oh, holiday no, that's in that Bonnie area? Doon down in Victoria. Doon. Yeah. Doon. Doon down in Victoria. Oh, that's yeah, in Victoria. It's yeah. ah. about two hours just out of Canberra, unless you take a dirt road, it's an hour. To Gold Coasters, it's all a very similar area. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's all in our back. It's in all our back. Yeah. So being right, right in the middle of Sydney and Melbourne, you can uh, give me the unbiased opinion which is the better oh. city, Sydney. Oh, or okay. Well, no, we all have to say it on on three. So I'll go three, two, one, and then we say it. Okay. Because uh. we've never had this discussion. Okay. Three, two, one. Melbourne. Melbourne. Two out of three Melbournes. <laughs> and one's wrong. Okay. Sydney's great <laughs> for a visit. Sydney's fantastic for a visit. I wouldn't want to leave. I mean, I'm Melbourne, but I am biased. I love Melbourne. You love me. You love Melbourne. I yes. love Melbourne. Yeah, trams getting around there so much easier great than Sydney. Oh, Sydney's the it's land of the one-way street. Yeah, Doctor John, yeah. Melbourne or Sydney? Oh, Melbourne. I grew up in Melbourne. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. see, I used to like all the quirky shops as a kid. See, so, uh, George Street, the old amusement centre. Last George Street. My old man used to take sneak me in there, and it was all dark, and there's all these. Dodgy looking dudes, and the old man is saying, Still is. You're not, yeah, you're not allowed to stay in here long, son. No, I'm just sort of sticking my head in there, looking at a couple of machines, standing there for about 10 minutes, you know, and they sort of sneak in a bit and sneak out a bit. <laughs> 
It's a um, great. He's just. It's an awesome adventure city. Yeah, and, the old, <laughs> and all the old shops that used to have up there, like I used to, you know, tie my own trout flies and things like that. You'd go into the shop. And it was like a whole IGA of old fishing stuff. Yeah, you know, like you know, beautiful wooden glass cabinets, and yeah. you just don't see that in a lot of you know, sort of cities. No. Well, if you go to Sydney yeah. looking for that, I don't. I doubt catch, it's still there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but there are some still. Yeah, old bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Melbourne, okay. Melbourne's a good place to go and eat. There's 10,000, well, it was mm. before COVID, 10,000 little shops. Yeah. Like anywhere, it's coming yeah. it's coming back to life. Mm. Yeah, which is great. Lake Eucumbin, is that the one with the town underneath the water that they flooded? I don't know. I know that Lake Billy Griffin here is the uh, the, the lake with the golf course uh, underneath it. Uh, lake Adamitabi Adamid- uh, Town was flooded. And yeah. When they built the lake, they just flooded the town. I never had to move up to high ground. Well, we, the Lake Billy Griffin wasn't, it's a man-made lake. It's yeah. a giant lake. But I don't know about your lake. No, that's up with Stevie Holidays. And lake, and your no. famous Lake George, which just disappears <laughs> one drive and the next drive people are drowning in it because it's a it massive is. lake. It's chock-a-block at the moment. The cattle don't know where to go. And yeah. you, you're dead, so you drive past there for years and they'll just be grazing and you drive past there at the moment and they're not there. They're okay, no. by the way. They were moved to higher ground. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's as full as you'll probably, maybe you'll ever see in your entire life. Amazing. Cool. And uh, tell me uh, the, uh, the vote for the best Aussie movie that you've seen. Ooh. No pressure, Stevie. Greatest Aussie movie of all time. Uh, greatest Aussie movie of all time. I don't know. Is there one? <laughs> <laughs> See, we've got great Aussie directors, but they end up being Hollywood movies. Great, be- Well, I guess, I don't know. The cliches. Mate. Mad Max, yeah. the, the, Castle. The, the, the Castle. Castle, the dish. The dish. Dish was good. Dish was great. Crocodile Dundee, I suppose. Again, Hollywood film, but still it was awesome. Yeah. Chopper. It was pretty good. (laughs) We've had all those mentioned so far. I'm going to throw one into the mix that no one's ever talked about. Have you seen Rabbit Proof Fence? Yes. Heard of it. About four times. Is it good? I've heard of it. Yeah, four times. Heard of text? I think think it's a must watch. It deals a lot with stolen generation, deals a lot with the outback living conditions of Aboriginal people, and it's a mm. real tearjerker and gives you a great insight into a side of life that most city slickers never get to see. What did you think, Stevie? You've seen it four times? Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, the reason why I'd sort of follow that is, I guess, when I was a kid, my father took me to see the chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. I nearly had a heart attack at eight years old, being an axe murderer running around on the big screen um, <laughs> in the back of Australia. So, yeah, that, that's why that sort of appealed to me. You should, um, you should watch Wolf Creek. It's a good <laughs> no, Aussie movie. No. Uh, Favourite Aussie band song? We'll get the radio DJ last, <laughs> ex-DJ. <laughs> well, me more into sort of rock, especially some radio rock, I guess. ACDC, Skyhooks, you know, Chisel. Skyhooks. I'm glad that someone mentioned Skyhooks. <laughs> Rose tattoo, and then I guess later, spider bait, and what the, at the moment, lime cordial, probably. Lime cordial is excellent. They are excellent, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lime cordial. What song? Which song are we picking for lime cordial? The one, but they're robbery. Rose, That's robbery. good. Okay. 
What if you, Steve? All right, well, I'll have to throw something really weird then, like JoJo's Epic of Power. Got it. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, apart from that was sort of, uh, we had a uh, big stadium here in Canberra, so you'd go and see the United Oil, the Angels, mm. uh, Flowers, blah, 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 in the stadium, like four or five bands in one hit. We also have the ANU Refectory, yeah. uh, where I'd go there and the you know, same sort of drill, uh, you'd see two or three bands. Yeah, Pseudo Echo, blah, blah, blah. Oh, before yeah. they were huge. Um, Nirvana's played there. You know, everyone's yes. played there. That's right. It's a big, big Across venue the years. for its time. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess I sort of more angels than ACDC, a bit more rock-like, guys. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this rock. is the thing. During the 80s, Oz Rock dominated radio. We didn't – radio didn't play – popular music or pop music <clears throat> it wouldn't matter in fact it was kylie minogue was number one as far as record sales were concerned when she big big cat shared that crossover obviously going from neighbors to being an artist um but the radio station still wouldn't play it she was number one selling more records than anyone else but the radio would only play pub rock so it is what we were brought up on but it's mm. bloody awesome actually um, yeah, yeah however uh the 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 australian um you know music of, of all these all these decades of our lives, just unbelievable. And we I mean, the good, really good ones we call Australian that actually we stole from New Zealand, they're fantastic too. And I'm not talking about twenty odd footed grunt. I'm talking about uh, split ends. Split ends. I was just. And, you know, Absolutely. And in fact, uh, Tim Finn's uh, son, he's number one in New Zealand with a bunch of stuff. He is just, have a listen to Neil's nephew, Tim's son. Um, he is just, like he's charting. He'll, he'll be big in Australia any minute now. Um, but for me, uh, you know, that that, that um, discovery of music in your early teen years, so born in 74, growing up through the 80s, and then I remember the bus trip from Melbourne to Brisbane for Expo 88. And one of the kids uh, had got the um, In Excess Kick cassette and that tape played all the way mm. from Melbourne all the way to Brisbane. And look, maybe that maybe their music still stands up today or maybe I'm just biased as all get out. But I, I just think In Excess are just uh, the greatest Australian band of all time. But again, it's, that's a lot of nostalgia. I got another one for you. I got another one for you. I bought two records in my life. One was uh, I Got You, which was obviously um, Split Ends. Yep. Split Ends. And I actually bought a Space Invaders record. Space Invaders. By Player One, right, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's that's Australian, isn't it? Uh, I actually bought that record. I don't know, but I do know that we used to play that song on on our podcast. Well, exactly. And they used to actually play it on the radio back then. And that's why I bought it. Yeah, awesome. 
Yeah, awesome. That's, Pac-Man that's had his own theme song. Yeah. Pac-Man Fever. I've got that record as well. <laughs> yeah, I reckon yeah. I might have it somewhere there. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And what about you, Dr. John? Oh, I'm, I'm agreeing with all that. I'm, I'm a slight bit older than you, but I, I spent my time at Melbourne Uni watching uh, each residential college there would try to outdo the other one by having live music on their uh, formal balls at Melbourne Town Hall. So mm. one college would have Aussie Crawl followed by Cold Chisel and the next one would have the Angels and Old 55. Nice. Um, so that was all my era. I just love that mm. Aussie rock scene. And uh, like people said, they they crafted their art playing live in pubs around Australia and they had to be good live or mm. they were abused. Um, mm. So by the time they'd have a hit record out, they could go tour America and people were astounded at how good their sound was because mm. they'd spent all those years putting up with drunk Australians mm. if they weren't any good and they got very good. So, yeah, they're, they're, that's my favourite, the Aussie rock scene from mm. the uh, 80s and early 90s for sure. Well, Chuck yeah. uh, Hunters and Collectors in there too just because I'm... reminisce i mean we had a lot of cover bands here like you'd go to pubs and they'd just do cover songs mm. and that's why it was a bit sort of difficult you know here angels did acdc blah, blah blah a classic uh one was the pearly shells down in maria down in the south coast near uh, south of the band was called the pearly shells no the pearly shells is where the band played which was george washing machine and the dead ringers <laughs> And they played in Cam. They played in Canberra. And George they Washing Machine and the Dead Ringers. Of course, what? A, there's no I more Aussie s- name than that. I saw them probably, you know, at five different pub venues. Can I chuck a shout out in for Casey yeah. Chambers? We used to get around with the family band. They were real life gypsies. They they just travelled the the country playing playing music. Uh, and her old man was the lead lead in their band. And she had that incredible success. She is fantastic. Should I try it harder? Why do you see right through me? I live, I breathe, I let it rain on We me. could go on, Dr. John. I oh, never forget the cockroaches. Oh, the cockroaches. <laughs> Yeah, mm. you know what? I don't reckon they lasted long enough, and whatever they did after that was just – they didn't amount to much. Multi- That's all multicolored. Yeah. If you don't know that, that'll be the Googling uh, yes. of, the, of the episode. <laughs> the chameleons of colour. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Mm. Good old cockroaches. I think you're starting the uh, podcast with uh, their hit and seeing who knows what they went on to do. And then end with their <laughs> more recent hits, which yes, we all yes. know. Yes. <laughs> so back to pinball. We had a brief touch on it earlier. What game, past, present or new, are you dying to play that you haven't had a chance to play yet? You said one before, Gaz. Well, the Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. Yep. What else? If I had a chance, I would play Kingpin, yeah. Capcom one, but there's only what, nine machines of those. So. Well, what's the go? Are they building new ones of those, Dr. John? They unveiled their plans to build a new one at Texas five years ago, and it's been crickets ever since. Ah, really? Uh, yeah. It's a sort chances. of silly thing I would have spent money on too. I haven't learnt my lesson. Yeah. That's um, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. If if a few of those turned up, boy, oh boy, that's just again. Yeah. yeah. I also wouldn't mind. I haven't. I've seen one, but it wasn't working. Um, Houdini, American pinball Houdini. Right. Yeah. It's good. It's a good game. The the they're still available for sale at the moment. Uh, yeah. So you can buy one. <laughs> I don't want to buy one. I just want to play one just mm. first. Um, yeah. But there isn't any, many around. They really pack the play field. I'll put it that way. When you're trying to shoot things. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of posts that you can get instead of the shot you want. And the original code was annoying because it would go into a, a 20 to 30 second explanation of the shots you needed for that mode. So okay. you have to sit there reading the screen go, right, left wrap twice, <laughs> then right wrap, then right orbit, then the lit <clears throat> shot that's moving on the right side and be going, okay. <laughs> yeah. I like being helped to a point. Yes, that's yeah. right. But they did improve that. They uh, You could flip through that uh, double flip and get rid of the instructions ah, once you get to it. It's a great theme, uh, mm. and the game was fun, if not a little tricky, but uh, mm. a mm. very good first effort for a game that was made in less than six months from from nothing to built and put on the floor at Texas. Uh, mm. Stevie game that uh, you, you haven't played that you want to play? Your holy grail, the Big Bang Bar. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm still, I've never played it. And you, you, mm. let me tell you, someone comes out somewhat. Uh, who are the mob that uh, have the license for them at the moment? Um, Chicago Gaming? Chicago Gaming. Yeah. yeah. Well, they haven't they, got the Capcom license. That's the trouble. They've got the Belly Williams remakes. Sure. I'm not sure they've got Capcom. Yeah, but I think, again, I don't know, you believe everything you read on Pinside. It, it, I feel like they can. Um, but if they, if they, yeah, they only need to announce that tomorrow and uh, I'm selling some games. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just hanging out for that. The other one, I've, and you would have played this, Dr. John, I'm going to guess. Uh, I tell you what I reckon looks really cool, the Big Lebowski. Did I urinate on your rug? You mean, did you personally come and pee on my rug? Hello. Do you speak English, sir? Paula usted inglés? I'll ask you again. Did I urinate on your rug? No, like I said, woo, or peed on my rug. I just want to understand this, sir. Every time a rug is micturated upon in this fair city, I have to compensate the person. Come on, man. I'm not trying to scam anybody here. Uh, you know, I, I'm just... Uh, You're just looking for a handout like every other... I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Well, I was lucky that the first year it came out, Yarp bought it over from uh, the Netherlands. And the game I played with him on location at Texas had the, all the original music in it. So it had the Eagles, ah, it had Bob right. Dylan. All the unlicensed All the original stuff. songs. Oh, yeah. And I said to him, you, you can't <laughs> use these songs. In he said, we don't worry about license in the Netherlands. It is yeah. fine. And yeah. um, it was. It is a fun game. I'd equate it most to playing um, Twilight Zone. Right. Very similar. Uh, stop start modes, top play field, but a real lot of mm. fun. And I, I enjoy it. And I still enjoy playing it when I, when I see it. And it's working. They're getting better at uh, fixing mm. it up. The carpet was always right. a problem. And the poor old car used to get stuck in the garage on the top play field. But mm. you're right. If you see one, play it. Bowling alley's a bit of a, a letdown. Oh, really? It looks <laughs> underneath. So cool. It looks pretty. It looks so cool. It looks great. But you press the button and the ball rolls, what, three centimetres, goes, pick. 
and that's it. Ah, it's that's the point, mate. I don't think about that. It's a very you know, short bolly Ellie. Get some rogue ROMs or however it's going to work these days and uh, get those original, the original soundtrack and uh, away you go. Anything mm. else, Steve, other than Big Bang Bar? Yeah, well, there's actually, have you play, played, Dr. John, uh, Bride of Pinbot 2.0 update, which was made by the Netherlands dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. Those Dutch pinball guys. Yeah. yeah, they had it there. I didn't bother because you've, if ah. the, the game's only got three shots in it anyway. So there's only right. so much you can do with an upgraded code. Mm-hmm. You know, the ramp, all they did was uh, made that very left-hand blind shot do more. So you didn't mm. just keep going up the ramp to load the, the ball in wheel. your eyes. Yeah, and spin the mm. wheel. Oh, you got the big wheel yeah. on the left. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, they're doing a lot of 2.0 revisions now. They had Tales of the Arabian Nights 2.0 upgrade at Texas this year, and they had the Funhouse 2.0 upgrade. If you're happy to spend about six thousand dollars buying buying Ooh, the kit yes. to upgrade your Funhouse, so it's the it's the new du jour in pinball is to upgrade old rules. And of course, Haggis in Melbourne has upgraded the rules for Fathom which should be in my house in two weeks' yeah. time. Oh, right. So you can play the original Fathom or the 2.0 that uh, Martin Robbins has redesigned. So I'm looking forward no, to that arriving. Those new Fathoms look just beautiful. I mean, that's a work of art. It's a work of art. It always was a work of art, mm. the Bally version. But the new one, yeah, it looks very shiny. It's identical, same drops. I don't know. Is it? It looks the same. Yeah, it's all identical layout, apart from the fact you've got, you've got the acrylic playfield top. Oh, is it? What do you mean? It's not, it's not glossed. It's wood with a sandwich of acrylic on okay. top, so you don't get any. And the art is printed on the underside of oh, the acrylic. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's not acrylic; it's a special plastic that's got a name I can't remember. Yeah, is, Ma- is it Macrolon? Something like that, probably. Yeah, because yeah. I put that. I put one of those on my uh, safe cracker. Oh, no, that's a, no, 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 the Macrolon's the thin, it's yeah. very thin. This is a third of the playfield thickness. Oh. Two thirds is wood. One third is this. Quarter of an inch thick or something. Yeah. Yep. Sounds cool. And all the necks bolt all the way through. So the ah, art is ah. printed on the underside. Mm. It's then bolted to the top of the wood and it's basically unscratchable. How does the ball so, play though? Is it slight? You don't notice. Like- I've got the Celts as well, which I've got on location right. up at Netherworld at the moment. And unless you tell people it's got that, you, you can't tell it's not a wood play field. The photos look on. beautiful. So, uh, yeah, yeah, right. That's, that's cool. a good point because balls really do spin around. Correct. It depends. It's like if you if you you can kind of over polish your games, and it's interesting mm. with different surfaces. If the, your ball your ball rolling versus skidding, but I was fearful of that with the Macrolon, but it actually plays beautiful. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, my Star Trek turn Star Trek game. I got the slightly darker balls with the Star Trek emblem etched in them. Oh, cool. That I put in the game, and the amazing thing was the amount of spin on a ball when you're <laughs> catching on a flipper, and it's just sitting there spinning. And wow. going, Whoa. <laughs> That's you exactly what I'm talking about. Until you a rust spot on a ball and you see it spinning around and you go, wow. But we come back to what makes this the greatest game in the world, yeah. and that is that it's, you know, it's steel, plastic, rubber, macrolon, whatever the, the, the surface is. It's all physical. No two games are the same. And if you're playing a game, a ball that's spinnier than another game, it's all part of it. It's, that's... Again, that's what always gives you a chance, particularly in competition pinball. Yeah, there's mm. people with a certain amount of skill, but when something wild happens, the ball's wild, mm. then it's it's going yeah. back on, you know, for the rest of us. That's right. And uh, it would be remiss with a chap called Pintech Stevie on the show. We talk about maintenance issues for new owners or experienced owners. 
Everyone says make sure you keep your playfield clean and your balls shiny. What tips would you recommend for machine maintenance, Steve, for the average homeowner? <laughs> well, the biggest thing is just to check out, obviously, clean your machine, probably whether you use a Novus or, or what sort of appropriate polish. Uh, I don't like microfiber rags. They actually scratch. Have a good look, get an old pinball plastic, rub your microfiber on it, and you look at it, the finish, and the gloss finish is gone. Hmm. Sandpaper. Wow. Is it? Mm. So I would not use microfiber. I'd just use a soft cotton T-shirt or sheet. And one of the other biggest things I've found is physically grab, take, take your glass off your play field, and physically grab bits and pieces and move them around and see when things start coming loose, mm. especially on the you know the more complicated pinballs, because it's a lot easier to tight up, tighten up a screw up in underneath the back of a playfield before it decides to <laughs> shake loose with your shaker motor, fall down into a crack, something rotates, it grabs a screw and rips your playfield, etc., etc. Or it launches can, down the playfield into a kicker. Yeah, and you can never find it again. So mm. until you see the smoke coming out of your game, and you know, <laughs> something's just locked on. <laughs> Yeah, so physically grab things and same vice versa under the play field. Turn your machine off if you're not confident, of course, mm. so you don't get zapped. And physically grab things and you'll find wooden screws in play fields have come loose, mm. you know, solenoid end stops. I've had, you know, a few on late model brand new pinballs, which obviously escaped the quality control where end stops of flippers have just fallen off after 50 games. Oh, yeah? Yep. And you just go, who is it checked by? You just see it, you know, number 96. Well, who's number 96? That's true. And these games have made it mm. all the way from Chicago, mm. generally. And when they when they land, um, and it's, anyway, one of the, one of the American guys who does the videos regularly, and he, he, he uh, did an unboxing. His uh, profile name is Spider, something, S-P-I-D-A. Anyway, he, he was one of the first guys whose unboxings I watched. He unboxed a family guy. And he goes, okay, so before we even turn this thing on, Let's just get into the back box. And again, it's not even a thing with new games now, but go through and just check that everything, all the connectors are actually pushed in, that nothing's loose. You're going to save yourself some panic uh, and some potential problems just by checking. Even when you tra when a game's travelled interstate or across town, before you turn it on, just go through and now go around them. Now, go that's lovely, box. Rod. Now, the, one of the most important things is with any new Stern pinball or other pinball, Yep. Do not wiggle connectors when the machine is on. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. Right, why? Williams, because, you know, you'd look for a sort of dodgy connection with yeah. an opto and blah, blah, blah. Right. These machines all have node boards, and they are super sensitive right. to this. They see a slightly different voltage, mm. and they'll kill the node board. <laughs> the node board is three, two, three, four hundred bucks a pop. Good tip. So you just think, oh, is the opto a bit intermittent? Oh, wobble, wobble. <laughs> and you just hear a click on the board and the yeah. custom chip's gone. That's a good tip, Dr. John. So someone That's has to do an exchange uh, board system somewhere yeah. in Australia yeah. to help Pinball Australia, <clears throat> and US are finding the same thing. Mm. Yeah, just be very wary of that. And the other thing is with some of this latest uh, stuff, as you know, all these node boards are connected with cat cables, mm. like the old telephone clear end cable six wires or eight wires in it, mm. make sure they're not too tight. Too tight. <laughs> yeah, because they, when they cable tie them in the factory, mm. sometimes I've seen those connectors at literally 30 degrees half hanging out of a 
plug because they've just have not had enough room right. and they've had to stretch the cable to plug it in. <sighs> and then when the cable tied it, it's pulled it across. So look look out for that as well. They're just they'll do what they need to do to save on a millimeter of cable That's these days. It all adds up. Perfect. So yeah. I hope that helps. Oh, they're great tips. They're, they're ones I haven't heard before, and I'm going to take my pile of Bunnings microfiber cloths now and throw them in the bin. Oh, yeah, just do a test sample, grab an old plastic. No, I want to now. Yeah, and you'll mm. see and you just go, oh. oh. Now, you, you're talking about people, you know, restoring machines and flame finishing the plastics to get them nice and glossy mm. and new or brand mm. new plastics, and then you go and microfiber them and scratch them. You see that swirl. Scratch them, mm. yeah. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Not happy, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cotton T-shirts, old Metallica T-shirts. If we only That's had right. one of them, we mm. could use. Or Guns N' Roses. There's one there. <laughs> Roger hasn't looked down at his own T-shirt yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, okay. He owns a gun and Guns N' Roses ones. Bloody eyes. One as well. Indeed I do. Good for cleaning. Good for cleaning. <laughs> That's great. Afternoon. But again, thank you all for getting together for the reunion. Maybe there will be a Pinhead's uh, podcast reunion at some stage as well. Everyone will welcome that if it happens. But I may have given a little prod in that direction. But thank you for your time on this Saturday. Pleasure. Dr. John, humbled that you invited us, mate. That was a, had a ball. It was good fun, boys. And it's, it was. Uh, excellent uh, that you're doing podcasts. Well done. Yes, thank goodness. Doing more than <laughs> no worries, mate. All right. Catch you later. So I hope you got something out of that and thanks again to the three wise men for joining me and reminiscing about the past, present and maybe even the future. Don't forget any suggestions can be made aussiepinballpodcast at gmail.com but I'll leave you with a couple of sound clips one being the answer to the question who did the cockroaches end up going on to become and of course they are... That great Aussie export that every parent loved or hated, The Wiggles. Jeff can be seen playing the piano on the original Cockroaches film clip with Greg on guitar and his brother who became The Wiggles' manager on lead. But I'll leave you with one of Stevie's favourite songs, a number one Australian hit from 1979, Player One with Space Invaders. Catch you next time.
ese querer. 